Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Food School Smarter, Stronger, Lena podcast on a mission to change the way the world eats. My name is Angela Sharina. I'm a certified nutritionist, health nutrition, brain productivity coach, and just someone with a lot, a lot of passion for helping you guys to learn how to use nutrition, eating habits, lifestyle habits, workspace design, your home design, and a lot of other hacks and routines to look, feel, and do your absolute best. Guys, today I want to talk about a few things that connect our brain and our body wellness and fitness and well-being. And to be honest, I think those are all the things. But some of them are more related, building this connection between body and brain wellness and productivity more. And some are, you know, through indirect ways. So the uh, effect is not that immediate. So let's take, for example, exercise. Uh, I've been reading a book and listening to a couple of podcasts from the same author about how exercise changes our brain, makes our brain happier via stimulating the release and uh, sensitivity of certain brain chemicals, neurotransmitters, or certain hormones released in our brain and in our body. Increased blood circulation, it increased oxygenation of our brain that is thirst, so thirsty for blood and all the nutrients and oxygen that it delivers. Exercise makes the brain happier. It also in studies, like in research, has been shown to make your brain faster. So you perform faster, you solve uh, cognitive tasks faster. It decreases anxiety and decreases hostile intentions. Like people are less angry when they exercise regularly. Um, I've been listening again to this uh, PhD uh, neuroscientist from New York University. She has her own um, lab there, Wendy Suzuki. I think even like a few textbooks written either by her or under her supervision. So people study by her stuff. She dedicated a lot of her work to studying brain and specifically memory. And then she switched to things like exercise and what that does to memory, to preventing things like dementia, Alzheimer, Alzheimer's, to uh, also helping people to learn, right? And her personal recommendation is 30 minutes of exercise that makes your heart pump faster. If I were to summarize it, you know, she prefers cardiovascular exercise, she prefers aerobic exercise, but seems like anything that would make your heart pump faster brings those benefits. And it seems like about 30 minutes a day is like that golden uh, number for what you want to deliver to your brain every day. And the effects of exercise, they say, last at least for, you know, acute effects of exercise uh, last at least for two hours. But then, of course, you know, there are long-term effects. Um, but if you specifically want to use exercise for cognition to improve how your brain works uh, for the next, let's say, two to, you know, four hours, then doing exercise right before that bout of cognitive work um, or mentally demanding task is probably a great idea. So 30 minutes of exercise. And that's how, you know, you move your body, you get fitter, you get uh, you get to look better and feel better in your body, but also you actually make your 
brain work better. Of course, if you want to make your brain smarter, you also have to do some cognitive tasks. You can't just exercise yourself to smarter. And uh, also the amount of exercise seems to matter, you know, too much. Again, not such a great idea. It seems to release too many stress hormones that interferes with brain function and memory, right? But like exercising every day for 30 minutes, so your heart pumps faster. But even a 10-minute walk, can you imagine even a 10-minute walk gives you a mood boost, a cognitive boost? So even if you don't want to exercise, there is no excuse for you to not do a 10-minute walk every day. For me personally, I make sure I go for at least, I do at least 30-minute walking overall at least. Usually there is like an hour if you compile all of my movements throughout the morning. And then I make sure that after dinner, sometimes after dinner, closer to my bedtime, I go for 30, 60 minute walk, depending on how much time I have and um, how I feel, like what amount of work I did on that day. Uh, (coughs) I'm sorry. So I do that and um, exercise for 30 minutes on top of that. And that's basically my routine. And exercising, I don't mean I do something super high intensity. Sometimes it's yoga. And Wendy Suzuki, the doctor who studies does this a lot, um, she's kind of like a pioneer putting finer details in that research about exercise and its effect on um, brain, on memory, on our cognitive abilities. So she also says the same thing. Just do 30 minutes of something, you know, it is much better than doing nothing. And it does have effects on the brain that you can measure. But then back to the things that affect our body and our brain. Specifically today, um, I've been digging a little bit deeper again into the research and science behind, behind seed oils. Those are oils... Basically, canola oil, cottonseed oil, soybean oil, uh, peanut oil is kind of there too. Any kind of oil that is not, you know, cold pressed and organic and you use it in salads. So all these fried foods, all the restaurant foods, unless they use like pure olive oil or pure avocado oil and coconut oil, they, and they actually know how to use them or, or butter. Most of the restaurants, they use the cheapest oils, and those happen to be the oils that are not good for our brain. And you're not going to hear a lot about that often, but from all the research that starts to come out, it seems that what happens for sure in our gut when we consume those oils, again, restaurant meals, takeout, but also a lot of packaged snacks, if you read the ingredients on any of the packaged snack, snacks or foods you eat and it says uh, peanut oil or canola oil and you know that it was heated to make the snack, then it means that it's kind of similar as if you eat fried foods. So those oils, what research has shown, what it does to our gut, it after in, immediately after you eat a meal with those oils, the permeability of your gut increases a lot. Permeability of your gut means like in the gut, there is a very thin layer of cells that protects the inside of our gut from the outside, from our bloodstream. And the quality of that lining, gut lining, is very important because it's supposed to allow good stuff like nutrients we need, vitamins and minerals and other nutrients, to go into our blood holding the rest of the stuff 
they pro-inflammatory substances that different um, bad gut bacteria create or possible pathogens and things that can um, bring infection into our blood. So those things are supposed to stay in our gut. And when permeability of your gut increases beyond what it's supposed to be, and it increases a lot, what happens is all those particles that are not wanted in our bloodstream, they get into our bloodstream. Specifically, they are measuring in a lot of this research, I'm not sure exactly why, because I'm not that deep into that research, I don't study it specifically myself. So those particles, LPSs, and it's like liposomething saccharides, so they, when the more we have of them in our blood, the more inflammation there is, and also we can experience things like, well, we will experience things like anxiety or feeling stressed or inflammation, not just in our gut, but also in our brain again, because those particles are released from our gut into our bloodstream and they quite um, fast reach our brain. And it seems that indirectly that increases inflammation in the brain and it can cause anything from, again, anxiety and feeling stressed to feeling like you have brain fog or you just can't concentrate, can't focus. They actually injected people with those particles specifically, not from their gut, but just, you know, using um, that device. I forgot how you call it. <laughs> they injected people's bloodstream with those LPSs and people immediately felt more anxious. And permeability of your gut increases specifically the amount of those particles in your bloodstream. So um, after your meal, almost immediately, you can start feeling more anxious and stressed and kind of like, you know, in your thoughts, feeling like everyone, I don't know, is looking at you weirdly or don't like you. Um, or you might start feeling worried. And again, that increases inflammation and that reaches your brain. So that is one of the ways that has been shown to happen in everyone when you eat those oils. And of course, you know, there are different guts, uh, there are different foods, different amounts, uh, different ways how they prepare food in different restaurants. Sometimes it's fried, sometimes grilled, sometimes done in other ways. So there are differences, but... Across the board, it seems that those oils, the most harmful thing that they do is they increase permeability of our gut and a lot of stuff that's supposed to stay in our gut gets in our bloodstream and causes all kinds of troubles. And that's how another dietary habit, like eating a lot of takeout or packaged foods with those oils, can affect your brain performance. And it has nothing to do with nutrients you eat or don't eat. It has nothing to do with carbs or or fats. And, you know, people talk about seed oils and omega-6s. I'm not actually that worried about omega-6s. I'm worried about that specific effect on guard permeability. I can tell you one thing. Every time I do eat seed oils, even before I read uh, about those studies, I noticed that every single time, right after the meal and the next day, I'm kind of just more antsy. You know, everything is a little bit like off. You feel inside your head more. You have more anxious thoughts that I haven't had for a while now, guys. And seed oils, they always do that for me. And they have this specific smell. You know, if a meal cooked with those oils, I can literally smell it. And maybe also because of those oils all take out, it kind of 
smells the same. Like when I smell somebody else um, order, uh, getting either, you know, in my building or just close to me, it all smells the same with those oils. I'm like, yep, that not getting on my plate anytime soon. So if you are struggling with brain fog, if you are struggling with more anxiety that you'd like to have, if you are more worried that you'd like to be, if also it has, uh, it is correlated with how easy or how difficult it, it is for you to maintain certain blood sugar or your weight or your cravings or your body weight and how easy or how difficult it is for uh, you to lose weight, to lose weight. It is um, fat. Yeah, it is correlated with usually with the amount of, of visceral fat, uh, fat around your internal organs and um, that you can see around your waistline. So seed oils, they have a lot of different effects and they're slightly different to different people. But one thing that is common and that it, that it has been shown to increase permeability of your gut. And that guys is not a good idea. Our gut, um, our gut's permeability, it increases every day a little bit, but then overnight, usually when we don't eat, um, our gut is able to restore gut lining. But if there is too much going on and you abuse, so to speak, your gut lining every single day and in bigger amounts that your gut just can't keep up, especially if you don't eat your fiber, if you don't eat your probiotics every single day uh, and other prebiotics and, you know, other substances that your gut needs and loves that helps the gut to maintain your lining integrity. So if you don't do this and on top of that, eat, you know, packaged stuff and take out and a lot of those seed oils, then a lot of problems gonna accumulate and it doesn't matter how many calories you're gonna eat on top of that. A lot of things just gonna be so much harder for you. And that's it guys. That's what I wanted to mention to you. So pay attention to that habit in your lifestyle. You might be struggling with weight or anxiety or brain fog all too much just because of this one habit. And if you were just to eliminate those oils and focus on eating those whole foods for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, then more often than not, what happens to people, they start to feel better mentally, happier, and then weight seems to just fall off from them. And usually, especially if you've been doing this habit for quite a while, it takes some time for your body to catch up and you got to eliminate it. If not 100%, then 99.9%. And it's worth it, guys. Your brain's happiness, performance, how you feel about yourself, how you look, how you feel in your body, how much energy you have, it's all worth it because it increases the quality of your life. And if you ask me, substituting takeout for some good quality meal delivery will more often than not cost you even less, but you get to feel and look better and experience your life on a much more awesome way. <laughs> Isn't it worth it? Seriously.
If you have any questions about, you know, where those oils can be in your diet, uh, if you need any help figuring out how to restructure your meals, please reach out. Um, I have a lot of tips and information. I did it with a lot of people all around the world, seriously, from Singapore to uh, here in Mexico to US to Canada and Norway and Dubai and Turkey. So reach out. There is always a way. And again, you get to feel look better, do better, your brain will do its best work, and it will all just get better and better from there. But, you know, anxiety alone, like when you don't have those anxious thoughts, life just gets kind of beautiful. And I want you to experience that. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Please reach out if you have any questions. Uh, Check out the links in the show notes with my supplement stack with your personal discount. Also a new project that I'm super excited, Brain Breakthrough Insider. So check them out. Share this episode with people who might be loving their takeout, but also are struggling with brain fog and weight and cravings all the time and maybe belly fat. So share this episode with them. And as usual, till next time, eat better daily and maybe less takeout.